0: So I, also, I wanted to say something about Sarah. <laughs> and I don't want to cry. right? You guys will see that I cry a lot. I bring tissue and I cry. Um, and I'm sorry. <laughs> but I've had the privilege of knowing Sarah and serving with her for over two years now. And she loves you a lot. She loves the Lord a lot and it's so evident in how she serves and how she she pours herself out for us and i've and i've had the privilege of just watching and the example that she is to me in loving these disciplines she loves these disciplines she loves shepherding her heart with god's word and drawing near to him and she loves her family so much and and she sees the importance of shepherding uh, them well, and having that aroma of Christ in her home. And she loves ministry. So, I hope if you don't know her this year, that you'll get to know her, and um, that you will thank the Lord for her. We had a conversation yesterday morning about um, how, in ministry over the last two plus years, how it's been so, um, it's been such a blessing because I think each of us have. We talked about how we've talked one another off the cliff because we've been there, you know, like ready to jump. And how she's, she'll call at the right time by God's grace. And so um, she's a blessing. My name is Jamie. And um, what I want to do really, okay, we're going to do this kind of fast, but I, I just want us all to introduce ourselves, you know, just fast so we're going to start with Suzanne. Oh, we'll start with me. Okay, my name is Jamie, and I've been at Grace Bible Church for three and a half years, and I live in Gilbert. So that's how that's how we can introduce ourselves this morning. So, in Gilbert, <laughs> yeah. So, where? Okay. Okay, your name, how long you've been at Grace Bible, and where you live. Colin Nathaniel, one and a half years in Mesa. Jacob for ten years in Gilbert. Heather Elizabeth, <coughs> two and a half years in Chandler. Will Ryan, about two and a half years in Chandler. Heather <coughs> Bala, um, eight months in Chandler. Jen um, Rody, um, about six months, I guess, in Tempe. Krista Hefter, ten years in Tempe. Well, I in four years and Tempe. Alex uh, Pietrofalo, uh, four years in Mesa. And her grandson, since day one in Chandler. And Bethany Krug, three, um, three and a half months and I'm from Chandler. Autumn Jones, two years and I am in Chandler. Alberta, Houston, five weeks and mm-hmm. I live in Chandler. Welcome. Welcome. I love that. <laughs> Thank you. Sarah. Well, welcome. Isn't that neat? From five weeks to the beginning. I mean, just all over the place. How, so the beginning's what? How many years? Eleven and a half? Yeah. So that is just, that is so awesome. So welcome. <coughs> and I hope that through the year we all just get to know one another, uh, better and encourage one another. Today, like Sarah said, is unique. Um, a unique Wellspring, because it's kind of an intro to Wellspring. And I'm going to try to cover what Wellspring is, um, what it's about, what we do on these very early Saturday mornings, <laughs> what the commitment is, and why we're doing what we're doing. Um, feel free to help yourself to food. We are going to take a break to use the restroom. So, just so you know, this is a long morning. We'll do that. But if you need to, you know, go ahead. Um, and and uh, let's see. Did all of that. So, we're going to start the teaching every every time we meet promptly. We're going to really try to promptly start at 7 a.m. And we're going to try to end promptly at 9. So, you know, you guys aim to arrive a little. I know it's early. but aim to arrive a little bit early, like, you know, 6.45 or something. Grab coffee. Grab food. And you know, have some time to fellowship and settle in. And as you come in, you know, like Sarah said, you're going to mark your calendar, you're going to grab all your handouts and keep your uh, name tags. It might be a good idea to just put them right in your binder when you leave, if that's helpful, because we would like for you to wear them every week. I'm forgetful. I am not a name rememberer. Some of you are really good at that, and I'm working on it by God's grace. But it's just helpful to all of us to wear name tags. So do that, if you would, please. So um, you will uh, meet with your discussion group leaders at, at the end, and we'll do that at the end every time we get together. So what is Wellspring? What is Wellspring? Well, it's the women of Grace Bible Church who make Grace Bible Church their home, whether you've been here for five weeks or you've been here from the beginning, whether you've been here or whether you're a brand new follower of Jesus Christ or if you've been a believer for a long time, it is for you. And it grew out of the build ministry. That's the ministry the elders developed for training and preparing the men of Grace Bible Church for ministry in, in the church. And, um, Scott Maxwell is Wellspring's elder, is the women's elder over, over Wellspring, and he has been, and he teaches build, and he has been so gracious to us, all of us, by sharing all of his material and notes and meeting with us and leading us. We are just, we are just so, so blessed. But many of the lessons in Wellspring are adapted from Bill. That's what the guys are doing right over there right now. And many of those lessons will be the same. Some will be different, and they go go deeper into some other lessons on eldership and things like that. But we've we've had the privilege, this is the third year, third year that Wellspring um, has existed. And um, we have had the privilege of seeing evidence of God's grace. We've seen fruit um, from this ministry. We've seen, um, just, we've just seen God do so many things through these weak vessels, through each and every one of you. And like Build, um, Wellspring is a training ministry. It's a training ministry and it's to help us all grow in our walk with Christ, in our understanding of how that should impact all of our other relationships. Beginning in our homes. So that the church is strengthened. And you'll see that our Wellspring purpose on the back of your binder, um, you'll see that. So it's about our personal growth and strengthening the church. And we care about both. Both are very, very important. And we'll go over the purpose and the disciplines in a little bit. But I want to tell you, for that reason, the seriousness of it, and for that reason, Wellspring is a nine-month commitment. And the lessons they build on each other. And maybe some of you are here today to find out if you, know, you want to make that commitment or not. And so thank you so much for taking the time to be here and taking it seriously and wanting to be sure you're ready for that. Wanting to be sure you're ready to set aside 16 Saturday mornings at whatever time you get up to get here. And um, to grow with us. So... With talking about it being a commitment, it's really important to understand what that means. When we talk about commitment, um, really listen carefully to this. It doesn't mean that you shouldn't come back if you miss a week. Okay, that's not what we're talking about. It doesn't mean that you can't miss when you're sick or when your kids are sick or or when your husband wants to take you out of town for the weekend. You know, don't you think you should go? That's okay. Yeah. If he wants to take you out of town for the weekend, we want you to do that. Um, People get sick. Our families have unexpected circumstances. Things come up, right? We mean that it is a commitment as much as it depends on you. As much as it depends on you. Commit. So with that, you know, I'd like to encourage you to even go before the Lord. Take it seriously. Go before the Lord and pray and ask for help. Ask Him to help you and commit that it is your desire. It is your desire and and you want to do all you can by His grace to get all that He has for you here in in Wellspring. So it's a commitment to be here as often as you can be and not letting how tired you are. I'm not looking at anyone. On Saturday morning, (laughs) make your decision. So if I make eye contact, that doesn't mean anything. (laughs) All right? It doesn't mean that. You know, we all are here early. It's early. It's early for all of us. But it is a commitment that as much as it depends on you, you'll be here. And you know what that may mean? That you have to start planning for that Friday night. It may mean that your Friday night plans don't keep you up so late that it's really a battle to get here Saturday morning. Um, So we need to be purposeful. I was going to tell you where I went to dinner last night, and I was thinking, you know, I went to... You guys know Lolo's? That was my first time, and I'm thinking, is this really, like, is this... Planning Friday night for Saturday morning because I've never had that food before. <laughs> that could have been a really bad, you know, thing. You know what Lolo's is? You eat waffles and fried chicken together. <laughs> it does sound awful, but it was pretty good. And I'm here, by God's grace. <laughs> anyway... <laughs> So <clears throat> we're asking you to make a commitment to see it through. And if you miss, you might you'll you'll probably get an email, you know, or a phone call because we care. Lori will send out an email because we care and we want to know how you're doing. And she'll send you the link to the audio and how to get all the handouts and the homework. And so we ask that you would that you would go ahead and listen online and do the homework, follow on the outline. But if you miss if you miss if you miss, please come back. You you do. You need to come back. And we need to keep reminding ourselves that the goal is to get what the Lord has for us here. To grow and to be equipped and to grow as a church. And that's going to best happen if when we're consistent. Like I said, they, they build on one another. So we need to be consistent in our participation, in the teaching, in the discussion time and in the assignments. You know, and one of the benefits of making that commitment between you and the Lord, you know, is that when an obstacle comes up, and you know what? Obstacles are going to come up. You can know that God, in His sovereignty, He knew. He knew. He knew when you made that commitment. And you know, that might be the encouragement that you need to persevere. And not let that obstacle take you away of what God has for you here at Wellspring or for our church, you know for our church through Wellspring. and if you do miss, just listen, listen online and keep up and be in touch with your small group leader and with others in your group. So let's take a look at your notebook at the front. We're going to take a look at the front and the name of the ministry is is Wellspring. Which comes from Proverbs 4.23. Proverbs 4.23 says, Above all else, above all else, guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of life. A wellspring is is the head or the source of a spring or a river, and it signifies a continual supply. So when Proverbs 4.23 says that the heart is the wellspring of life, it says that... Um, It's saying that all of life, all of life flows from the heart. All of life flows from the heart. So what is the heart? What is the heart? Well, it is the inner man. It's the inner man, the inner person. It's you. It sums up um, who you are, inwardly speaking. See, we we have an outer man. The Bible says we have an outer man and an inner man. Now, the outer man is the physical part of us. It's, our, it's like our hands and our mouth and our facial expressions, our organs. You know, our heart is an organ and all of that. And then we have an inner man. That's the heart we're talking about. The heart is not just a part of you like the physical heart is, you know, like the physical organ. Biblically, when we see heart, it means it's who you are on the inside. The heart is the place in which God reveals himself to us. The heart is the part of us that's addressed by God. and our life continually flows from our life continually flows from and reveals our hearts. There's nothing that comes out of us that didn't first reside there in our heart. So the heart is the source of our motives and our desires and our will and our intentions and our thoughts. And our words, and our attitudes, and our opinions, our priorities, our emotions, everything. And our logo, that stream, our logo conveys with the continual flow of water from an unseen source, like, just like everything flows from our heart. Our logo also conveys that Wellsprings is a ministry for women, and it ties back to Titus 2, with the idea of one generation pouring into another Pouring into another, and what we pour into others flows out of our hearts. So knowing that about our logo it helps us to remember every time we look at our notebooks how crucial it is that above um, that we guard our hearts. That we guard our hearts. Proverbs four twenty three says, above all else, so that when we're pouring into others, it's good and it's pure. And it's true, and it's grounded in the word of God, and it's crown jewel, the gospel. So now let's take a look at the back of your notebook. And we're going to do this every time we gather together in Wellspring. We're going to say, turn your notebooks over, and we're going to go through the disciplines. We'll be talking about the Wellspring purpose and then the three disciplines all year long. So here's our purpose. The purpose of Wellspring is to equip... And to encourage the women of Grace Bible Church to shepherd their hearts toward Jesus Christ with the word of God. So that, why? So that they live out the gospel. Live out the gospel's impact in our living, in our daily living. Thus, strengthening the church and its gospel purpose. And if you were at the retreat... Remember, you, we were reminded to to remember and to remind one another to be reminding one another of these truths, or however you know. I just messed that up, but anyway, <laughs> the elders of our church desire that we would be women with a united understanding in what it looks like to pursue growth in godliness and our sanctification. And that we would be united in how we minister and how we encourage and how we disciple one another toward Christ. And we pursue this purpose, this well Wellspring purpose, through these disciplines. Discipline 1, 2, and 3. The elders desire to see those um, who are involved in ministry here united around these disciplines. So that whether you're in the guys in build or whether Wellspring or you're involved in student ministries or next generation ministries or tear down and set up in your small groups, whether you're talking to those in your home, you're talking, having coffee with a friend or someone in your small group, we are all pursuing the same thing. We're all united and pursuing the same thing, regardless of the ministry we're involved in. Um, The Wellspring Disciplines are a framework. They're just a framework to help us understand what God says in His Word. They don't stand apart from God's Word, no. And they don't stand above God's Word. They're under God's Word. They're under God's Word. And the disciplines are an effort to describe the priorities God describes throughout His Word for us, for believers. And these disciplines are the way we describe that here at Grace Bible Church. Just the way we describe it. So let's look at Discipline 1. The heart. She prayerfully shepherds her heart. Now remember, that's what? That inner man. She shepherds that her heart, that inner man. It's who you really are on the inside. Toward God, through the word of God. And in particular, with what? With the gospel. The gospel. We're shepherding our hearts with the gospel. We're shepherding our hearts to the gospel and because of the gospel. It's the most important thing we can know. We're going to shepherd our hearts with it for as long as we live. And we want to keep growing. We want, don't we? We want to keep growing in our understanding of how we do that, how we shepherd our hearts with the gospel. I do. I want to keep growing in this. So let's just take some time and talk about what is the gospel. You know, and we hear gospel. We we hear shepherd your heart with a gospel gospel preacher. You know, preach it to yourself every day. And we don't want that to become like a white noise. This is important. This is the gospel. This is the good news. And we're going to have some helpful resources for you throughout the year to help you help you with that scripture references. But the gospel is the good news. That's what gospel means. That um, God. Saves sinners. God saves sinners. And by God we mean the holy, omnipotent, all-powerful, sovereign, creator, and judge of the entire universe. God. And by sinners that means, well, me, and you, and every single human being that ever lived. They, we all, all reject his right to rule in our lives, and have rebelled against the sovereign creator of the universe. And God hates sin. He hates sin. And we are sinners. Not, not primarily because we do bad things. We do bad things because we are by nature sinners. So the gospel is that God saves sinners. And by saves, we mean that we are saved from something, to something, by something. We're saved from something, to something, by something. And now many of us would say, yeah, I'm saved. I am saved. But we need to know and be reminded, remind one another of what we're saved from and what we're saved to and what we're saved by. First, by saved, we mean that we are saved from sin. We're saved from sin and sin's consequences. We're saved from Satan, this anti-God world system. We're saved from ourselves. I'm saved from myself. And ultimately, I'm saved from God. I'm saved from God himself. We must be rescued from God and his hatred of sin. Because we are by nature and by activity sinful, and God hates sin. We must be saved from God and his wrath against our sin. And we're saved to something. The good news of the gospel is not simply that we get our sins forgiven, though that's awesome news, but we get our sins forgiven so that we get God. How often do you think about it? We get God. We get God. The treasure of the universe, the one for whom we were created, the only one who can bring satisfaction and delight and joy and pleasure in infinite measure, forever and ever and ever. We are saved to God. And we are saved by God. We're saved to God, and we're saved by God through one and only one thing: the substitute death of his Son Jesus Christ, the cross, as a payment for our sins. So the gospel's the good news that God Saves sinners. God, by the substitute death of His own Son, Jesus Christ, took the sin of everyone who would ever believe in Him and He placed it on His Son. And He punished it to the fullest. So that the guilty go free. And we get to be with God forever. That's the gospel. That's the good news. And C.J. Mahaney says we must never be content. We must never be content with our grasp of the gospel. So in Wellsprings, we're talking about being women who prayerfully meet with God in his word, being impacted by the gospel at a heart level, and then letting that impact every area of our lives. And Discipline 1 brings together two essential and separable aspects of shepherding our hearts. Okay, The first one you see in the beginning. See that on your disciplines on the back of your notebook? She prayerfully shepherds her heart toward God. And now when we say shepherd our heart, here's what we're talking about. Scripture describes it in a variety of of ways. Hebrews 4.16 talks about drawing near with confidence to the throne of grace and to our Savior who sits on that throne. Hebrews 7 and 10 both repeatedly talk about drawing near to God. James 4.8 as well. Colossians 3.1 and 2 says, Therefore, if you've been raised up with Christ, keep seeking, keep seeking, keep seeking the things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds, set your minds on the things above, not on the things that are on the earth. Hebrews 11 talks about, um, 11.6 talks about seeking God. Hebrews 12.2 says, fix our eyes on Jesus. Psalm 16:8 says I set the Lord continually before me and on and on and on we can go we can see in scripture that we are to draw near and set our eyes on Jesus. Now, you can see on your notebook that discipline 1 doesn't end with shepherding our heart toward God. Okay? Discipline 1 says she prayerfully prayerfully shepherds her heart toward God in a very particular way. It's through his word. Through the word of God and in particular the gospel and it's really important that we remember both of these okay we want to grow in being women who draw near to god through his word ladies you know um we live in a world that offers so many ways to be spiritual right might be mistaken, if we're not careful, we need to know the truth, but it might be mistaken for ways to draw near to God. You know, a worldly system. There's some even very popular devotionals claiming to to actually be the words of Jesus when they're not in. They're not the words of Jesus. They're not in the Bible. And oftentimes we can get the idea that a person has drawn near to God because he or she is certain that an impression they have or a particular set of circumstances is God speaking through them or to them. And apart from and, and that doing that apart from the counsel of his word. And we just really need to be careful. We need to be careful in that. We know the world says God's word is not necessary. We got that right. We know the world says that. But even the Christian world at times says you know that it's not necessary or that it's not enough that it's just not enough we need more but you know what those are lies those are lies you know if you were at the retreat um, and especially even there on Sunday night remember the warning from Second Peter and if you didn't hear that I really want to encur- I encourage you go back and listen to that so the only way we can be certain God has spoken to us is through his word we're certain of that we are certain he has spoken to us through his word And scripture is complete. And it is sufficient. In Colossians 2.18, we're warned against a false spirituality that rests on experience but doesn't hold fast to the head. Jesus Christ. Here's what Wayne Grudem says about the sufficiency of scripture. He says, The Bible contained all the words of God he intended his people to have at each stage of redemptive history. And that is now... And that it now contains all the words of God we need for salvation, for trusting him perfectly, and for obeying him perfectly. Turn with me, if you will, to Hebrews 4.12. Hebrews 4.12. And let's take a look at his word. See what he says about his word. Hebrews 4.12. For the word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword and piercing as far as the division of soul and spirit of both joints and marrow, and able to judge the thoughts and intentions of what? Of the heart. That innermost part of us that we're commanded to guard above all else. And there's no creature. There's no creature hidden from his sight, but all things are open and laid bare to the eyes of him with whom we have to do. The word is what pierces and penetrates our heart. And that's why we shepherd our heart toward God through his through His word. So as we read, as we bring our hearts before his word, we must prayerfully, prayerfully draw near to him. So what we're aiming for here in Wellspring... What we want to grow in and encourage one another in is to read God's word prayerfully, worshipfully, relationally, transparently. We're going to encourage one another in that. Every time we meet, to seek to read his word with a love for God, with with a fear of God, with an awareness of our need for him. We read God's word prayerfully to meet with him. So keeping both aspects together is key. For sure, reading the Word is central. a central emphasis, in Wellspring it is. And we'll talk a lot. We will talk a lot about that this year, reading all of your Bible. And you know what? It can really be a temptation, and I think especially if you're on a reading plan, like I am, to just check a box. Okay, here's my date, and okay, done. And that is just not what we're aiming for. Put it away. That's not what we're aiming for. Our goal in reading the Word of God is to get to Jesus. So we must be women who prayerfully shepherd our hearts to Jesus Christ through his word. So ladies, let's not be content. Let's not be content to read and study the Bible without it affecting our hearts. Okay, let's not be okay with that. Let's not get to a place where that's okay. I want it to affect my heart. You want it to affect your heart, right? And it takes discipline. It takes discipline. It takes being purposeful. So as we have the word of God open before us, it's a hard attitude that says, God, I need you. I don't want to miss you. I don't want to miss Jesus when I read your word. Because if I don't draw near to you when I read your word, I'm just going to dry up. I just desperately need you. That's true biblical spirituality. Prayerfully meeting with God in His Word. We must have both. And as we read His Word, it's so important to seek to understand. To understand what the original author meant to his original audience. We ask, what does it say? What does it mean? Why is it here? You know, why do I how do I apply these truths that are here? Are there some commands? Are there warnings? Promises? you know that apply to me and we're not looking for a mystical meaning at all we we don't want to read between the lines it's important to seek to understand what this author was telling his audience and as we do this we learn more about our god the creator our creator his character we learn about the character of man about the character of sin and how to do battle with it and the sweetness of salvation through Jesus Christ and about eternity with him. And one of the biggest things we'll learn and grow in is how, how the gospel spurs us on. Some of us are just, I'm weak in that. I need to understand more how the gospel spurs us on in joy, how it spurs us on in obedience, how the gospel spurs us on in godliness in every season In every circumstance of our life. If we're not consistently in the Word, if we're not seeking Christ as we are in the Word, what eventually will happen to, say, our conversations with others? You know, do they get kind of hollow? When our conversations move beyond, you know, how are you today, and how are the kids, and we start getting more personal, more eternal things, it's really hard to come alongside others and help them and bring them hope, pointing them to our Savior. If we haven't been bringing our hearts to the Word to meet with Him, to know Him, to hear from Him, to love Him, to be transformed by Him, but if we are... If we are seeking Christ as we go to the word, we'll have, we'll have much to give. We will. I know you've all experienced that. We will have been with Jesus, and by his grace, we'll have, we'll, have, we'll have an aroma of Christ because we've been with him. So am I saying that if you miss reading the word one day, keep your mouth shut, don't say anything at all? No, that's not what I'm saying at all. But haven't you seen that in your own life? Like the further away, you know, you get from meeting with him in his word, just kind of the less, you know, you're, you're feeling dry and someone comes to you and you're just kind of dry. You don't have anything. I've, I've been like that. When I'm not in the word, I'm weak. I'm so weak and I, the reality is many times I just don't have much to offer because I'm feeling dry myself. It's not for a lack of desire. It's not for a lack of desire to minister to someone. I mean, we want to care for one another, right? But it is just hard. It is just harder. So that's why this is so important. Everything flows out of discipline one. And, you know, if you get this, if you get this first discipline, discipline one, then the other two disciplines are going to come. But listen very carefully. If you miss this first discipline, if you don't get this one, the other two are going to be really, really hard. It's going to be hard. They may not even make sense. That's why we're going to spend so... You're going to see on your on your uh, calendar there. We spend so many lessons on this first discipline. The heart. And then we'll keep coming back to the heart. Forever. Forever and ever. We're going to start talking about discipline two. We're still on the back of your notebook. And we're going to cover what discipline two is. That's the home... Discipline 2 says she ministers to those in her household with her heart for God and the gospel. As women, ladies, as women, we have an influence in our homes, right? We have an influence. We have a spiritual influence in our homes. Stop and think about that for a minute. Isn't that kind of sobering? We have an influence in our homes. So it's important to learn. How to make the gospel central in the way we use that influence. We want to encourage you. We want to encourage you to place a priority on spiritually influencing your household with your heart for God. Discipline one, for Christ. And what do we mean by household? Well, primarily we're talking about relationships with the people that you live with. Whether it's your roommates, whether it's your family, like your husband, or your kids, your parents, your siblings. It could be your kids, friends who spend a lot of time in your homes. It could be friends who spend a lot of time in your, in your homes. And why do people in our homes need to be such a priority? Well, it's because we see those people the most, right? We live with them. We consistently spend the most time with them, whether it is the roommate or the brother or sister or parent or kids or husband. And in a few weeks, we'll be looking at the priority God places in the home and his church. These relationships need to be our priority. Making sure that we are bringing Christ and the gospel to them, being that aroma of Christ, making an impact there in these relationships, in these relationships first. Scott, Scott Maxwell, uses the phrase, We don't want to leapfrog. We don't want to play leapfrog. We can't leapfrog over first our own hearts and we can't leapfrog over our homes or our, or our household relationships. Now discipline too is not just about those that live in our homes like under our roof You know, it may reach beyond the, the immediate people that we live with in our household to caring for family members who don't actually live under our roof it, it, may, it may mean aging parents it may mean adult children or grandchildren. Okay, but discipline two includes taking the time to invest in those relationships. And if you live alone, if you live alone, discipline two is going to overlap with the next discipline, discipline three, which is ministry, is you seek to make your home a place that's fruitful for building up the body of Christ and for making Christ known. So Discipline 2 is about growing as women who has a heart for her household and she understands the value um, of the work and the relationships and the opportunities she has in her home. And it's not just a season of life. Discipline 2 is still about our hearts. Get this. In the New Testament, households are noted for hosting and serving churches, extending hospitality, Training children, teaching the gospel, instructing in sound doctrine and godliness, refreshing the saints in prison. Our homes are so important to God's work in the church. And as women, we have a responsibility. Actually, ladies, we have an opportunity. We have a privilege to use our homes for that. We don't want our homes to be a hindrance to the work or the reputation of the gospel. But rather, we want them to bring honor to His word, and to be useful to the church. And this is what happens when we minister to those in our households with our hearts for God and the gospel. And Discipline 3. Discipline 3 is ministry. And you see, we don't get to Discipline 3 until sometime in spring. But we'll get there, and it's important. With And Discipline 3 says, With a heart for God and the gospel, and fulfilling her ministry within her household, do you see how that's discipline one and discipline two? She steps into the church to shepherd others toward God and the gospel. Remember back in August, Scott taught um, from Acts um, on Sunday morning about the problem in the early church with food distribution to the widows. And the apostles saw that there was this serious need in the church and that Co-laborers needed to be identified to help meet that need. That was back in um, on the twelfth of August. So the apostles instructed the church to identify men of good reputation, full of the Spirit and wisdom. That's what was needed for the men who were going to oversee the care of the widows and their physical need for food. The apostles didn't focus on their skills, didn't focus on their personalities you know, they were concerned with their character. That's what they were looking for. They were concerned with their character and the kind of men they were. And in the same way, the body of Christ needs us to be women who believe God's word, who practice God's word in in the shepherding of our own hearts and in our homes so that we'll be equipped and we'll be fruitful in our ministry with others. And that's why our leaders put these disciplines in place to help us establish these priorities, remembering um, or remember the heart is what the wellspring of life. Everything, everything, everything flows from it, flows from our hearts. That's discipline one. And if our heart is full of God, because the word of God, because of the word of God, and if we're caring for our households with our heart for God and, and and growing in this, right? We're growing in it then we'll be fruitful in our ministry and ministry to others. Now, we're not saying this. This is not what we're saying. That, you know, we focus on discipline one until we have that mastered. You know, and we, we get to check it off our list, and then we're going to move on to discipline two, our home, until we have that mastered, And then we check it off our list, never to think about our hearts again. That's that's just not what we're talking about, right? <laughs> we, we have... We will never have a mastered, for one thing. Okay? Never, ever have it mastered. We'll, we'll always just, by God's grace, need to and be growing in this. These disciplines, though, they have to overlap. And they have to take place at the same time. We'll always be growing and pursuing these disciplines. We do need to be caring for those in the body. We do. But there must be a priority in our thinking. Our first thought needs to be, I need to shepherd my heart. I need to shepherd my heart. That's discipline one. And I, and I can't play leapfrog over my household relationships. That's discipline two. While I care. While I minister to others. Does that make sense? It's also important to understand what we mean by ministry. Sometimes ministry includes a specific role, you know a specific task for the church. Always all we minister to the body and they're all significant and they're all um, important to God, PowerPoint, sound, worship, next generation, set up, tear down. These are all this is all ministry. These are all roles in ministry, but, but it's even broader than that. Ministry really is, is a heart attitude. It's a mindset of being eager and purposeful to live every aspect of life as a slave of Christ. Understanding that we're not our own. He purchased, us, he purchased us with His blood. We're not slaves to sin any longer. We belong to Him. We belong to Him. That And um, that affects all of our life. All of our life. Ministry is all of our life. How we think, how we listen, how we speak, how we, the choices we make, what we do with our time, the decisions, the, how we work. We are living as those who are joyfully available to serve the Lord wherever he gives us opportunity. That's ministry. So I encourage you, pray. Ask God to make us effective in ministry to the body and to those outside of the body. That we would be diligent. That we would be diligent to keep these disciplines before us and to ask God to use them to help us to be the women that he wants us to be for building up the church and bringing him glory. So, there you have an overview of the disciplines. Um, If you feel like you were just hit by a fire hose, Mm -hmm. hang in there. Okay, we're going to cover them every time we get together. We're going to encourage one another with them every time we're together. So I don't want you to leave here discouraged. Okay, we just barely scratched surface, and we're just we're all growing in them, and we always will be. Okay, so just hang in there. All right, so um, yeah, I think that's all I want to say about that. If you took Wellspring before, um, let's open up your notebook. So everybody, open up your notebook, not if you just took Wellspring before. (laughs) But if you did take Wellspring before, I'm assuming you all brought your notebook back and you can use it again this year. If you lost it and you don't have it anymore, maybe talk to Allie. Allie, will you just raise your hand? Yes, talk to Allie. Thank you, and she'll um, see about getting you a a new one. But these notebooks... These notebooks, ladies, they're here to serve you. Okay? They're here to serve you. You can decide how it's going to be most helpful to use them. If you've taken Wellspring before, you might want to just take out, not right now, but when you get home. You might want to take out all the papers, everything that's inside, and replace them with all the new stuff, transfer, or, you know, if you want to keep everything together, you might want to transfer all of that, you know, to a larger notebook. It's just really up to you. You have tabs for each discipline, you have the heart. You have the home. You have ministry. I think you have a, a tab for homework there. Um, so you can file, um, as we go through the lessons, you can file your outlines and your handouts behind you know, each of those appropriate tabs until you get to a lesson that includes Discipline 1 and Discipline 2. <laughs> And then we'll see what you do. <laughs> it's all up to you. So, but feel free to add more dividers or whatever you want to do. Um, there's a tab there for your homework, and you can keep it all together if you want. You can do how whatever whatever helps you. Um, so, let's take a look at the schedule that's that's in the front of your notebook. Schedule. It looks like this, and you'll. Um, you'll see there, they're kind of broken down um, by discipline. See, there's discipline one, and then there's discipline two, and there's back to discipline one. More discipline two, back to discipline one. Remember I told you we're going to keep coming back to it. And then discipline three. So we'll, we're going to spend a lot of time on the first discipline, and a little less time on the second discipline, the home, and even less time on ministry. But I really want to encourage you to put these dates on your calendar, or your Google calendar, however you do it, because... Um primarily we meet every other week but there are some dates in here when we take a break for spring break and Christmas and when there are no classes so so be aware of that and put those dates down. We are meeting the same the same exact schedule and dates as build. Um but don't assume, don't assume, assume, you know, every other week. So, um discipline 1s the first tab and you're going to see that the first thing you have there, well, you have a contact list with our our uh, information and how resources on how to download um, any of the homework or the audio that you missed, and that's so helpful. And then, oh, you have a reading plan, but skip that. But you're going to see, or for the ones that have their notebooks already put together, you're going to see that you have. Um, Discipline 1, the heart. Heart categories for consideration. This one. That's the one I'm going to talk about. And um, this is so awesome. Scott put this together. And it's um, ca- places in scripture where the word heart is used. It ca- it's categorized where there's connections between you know these various references. And it's just a resource for you. It's just a resource for you. If you want to, you know, use it and when you're in your quiet time, you want to add more to it when you see even more of what God says about the heart, do that. Um, and then the next one is the New Testament, let's see, heart page. Wow, this is two pages. And then the heart in the New Testament. Okay, and we're going to look at that, actually, in another lesson. And then you're going to have behind tab number two... The home, and, and similar to the heart categories, where um, they're just categories for consideration, where God's word speaks to the home and women in the Bible. These are just really great references and tools, and we might refer back to these, uh, but women in the New Testament, in the Old, do you see those? And we'll be adding, uh, the next tab is ministry, and we're just going to be adding to these as we go along. And then, I think maybe for those of you who just got a notebook, you see um, some sheets that have reading plans. Bible reading plans. It's in the front of the heart, right, in front of the heart tab. You see that? <clears throat> this is our primary assignment for the year this is the homework this is the primary assignment is to read through the Bible in a year why is this going to be the primary assignment for Wellspring to read through the whole Bible why is this the desire of church leadership for the men and build for us here in Wellspring why do they encourage us to get into a routine into a habit of doing this Every year for the rest of our lives. I hope this isn't causing you to go, oh, I didn't know that. But that's okay, too. We're here to encourage one another. Maybe you're like me. And for years, you know, you get to January 1st, and what do you do? Okay, this year, I'm going to read through the Bible in a year. I'm going to start in Genesis, or I'm going to start a reading plan. I'm going to do it this year. I know I failed in other years, but this year, you know, I'm going to pull myself up by my bootstraps. I'm going to do whatever it takes. I'm going to read through the Bible in a year. I am going to do it. I'm going to do it. Anybody relate? It's what I do every year with the gym. <laughs> what What do you... What do what do you hear in that? Who is that about? That's about me and what I can do, right? Do you see here the focus? So, then you know you're doing okay. January maybe, and then you get into Leviticus, (laughs) Numbers, (laughs) and you know what? It's not going so well, is it? Just kind of feel like a loser, don't you? Do you feel like a loser at that point? I do, you know, like you're a second class Christian, and, you know, I hear all these other ladies doing it, and I just can't do it. I just can't do it. And, And I'm probably the only one who's struggling with this, you know? Right? Anybody relate? It's not what this is about at all. That's not what this is about. This is not about, you know, muscling yourself through a reading plan. At all. You know, and doing that in your own strength. It's not about being able to say, we did it! It's not a competition. It's not to make us feel better about ourselves. Or worse about ourselves. It's still the wrong focus. Right? It's still the wrong focus. This is not about us. And it's so helpful to understand why this is so valuable. You know, and there's been seasons for me in the past where, you know, I've um, studied one book of the Bible. I've been in a Bible study class, and, you know, I just want to focus that whole time on one book of the Bible. And it's been beneficial and it's been great. But what I didn't realize at the time is how much of God's Word I wasn't getting. I just wasn't getting. All of his word. And my understanding of that one book was even limited. It was just limited because I wasn't keeping the whole counsel of God in front of me. And I know Sarah says the same thing. We can all, a lot of us can say the same thing. We need all of God's word. We need all of God's word. Being well-nourished follower of Jesus Christ happens when we take in all of it. All of God's word. Listen to the way Martin Luther describes his eagerness to be fed from the whole Bible. He says, for a number of years, I have now annually read through the Bible twice. If the Bible were a large, mighty tree, and all its words were little branches, I've tapped into all the branches, eager to know what was there and what it had to offer. First, I'd shake the whole tree that the ripest may fall. Then I'd climb up the tree and shake each limb, and then each branch, and then each twig, and then I'd look under a leaf. He had had such a sense of expectancy. He understood that he had never, ever, ever exhausted the riches of God's word. Martin Luther delighted in continually becoming better acquainted with each branch, with each limb, with each twig, and each leaf. See, we, we need to know what the Old Testament says about God because he's our God. He's our God, too. We need to see how God interacted with His children a long time ago because it helps us know Him. We want to see Him throughout all of Scripture. Do you see how the focus needs to not be on us? How it needs to be on Him, on meeting with Him? And the Bible's full of illustrations. It's full of examples, as Paul says, for our instruction. We need to be full of the Bible, equipped. By knowing the Old Testament and the New Testament. And this enables us to care for one another with all of God's word. To represent God's character accurately. And that's what we want to do. But you know, it usually doesn't happen if we don't plan for it, right? When we understand that, that it can change our whole perspective on reading. Or when we understand that. When we understand that. What I just talked about. It can change our whole perspective on reading through the Bible in a year. See, we need the whole counsel of God to be shaping our understanding and our thinking and our words and our choices our obedience. So for Luther, it became this journey of discovery of being reminded over and over and over year after year who God is, who we are, and what God has done to redeem sinners like me and like you. So, Start your Bible reading plan. And what happens if you don't finish? Won't you still have discovered more by, about God than if you hadn't tried? We will grow from reading through His Word. Meeting with God in His Word. If we finish in 14 months, if we finish in 18 minute, 18 months... <laughs> wish. Or two years. Right? We'll grow. Right? So persevere. Persevere. Keep going. And as you do, God continues to reveal himself to you from every page of scripture. And it can be a battle to get in the word every day and to read through the Bible. I know that. And to meet with God devotionally in that reading. But it's so worth it. It's just worth it. Battle. Don't give up. Battle. Psalm 119 says, 103 says, His word is sweeter than honey. And it is. And the more you feed on it, the more you understand, and the sweeter it becomes. So there is a commitment in Wellspring. It's to read through the word. And if you miss today, you can read twice tomorrow. That's okay. Maybe it'll take you more than a year to get through the whole Bible, and that's okay too. But there are questions we need to ask ourselves. When we think, when we're thinking, you know, I sound good, but I just don't have time. I just don't have time. Maybe that's a really good time to do some evaluating. Ask, you know, am I believing a lie that I don't have time? Or do I really not have time? Meeting with God in His Word, knowing all of God's Word is His priority for us, but is it mine? Is it my priority? This is an opportunity to evaluate our time. And it might even be helpful to journal, you know, just journal down how you spend your time. See, you know, what that looks like. If you're married, you know, take that to your husband or you can talk to your small group leader or discussion leader here in Wellspring. But listen, all of us have had seasons where it has been more challenging. All of us have. So ask. Ask others. How do you make meeting with Him a priority? How do you do this? We're here to help and encourage one another. But let's make sure we don't say things that aren't true. Does that make sense? Let's make sure we don't say things that aren't true, like, um, I don't have time. Or I can't do this. Okay, But maybe it's time to really evaluate and say, you know, I'm not taking the time. Honestly. I'm not taking the time. I'm not making it a priority. I'm making something else more of a priority. And we're here to help one another with this. There's encouragement and hope to be be found in the gospel. And when we're honest with that, where the real source of our struggle is, God's grace is sufficient to grant us repentance, to renew us, to help us walk in newness of life so that we do grow. We grow in our consistency in meeting with God and His Word. I have those those really great days, you know, when I get up and I long to meet with Him and it is such a sweet, sweet time. And I have those days that it's a struggle. I have challenging days. There's no one that is perfect sitting in this room, right? Okay? But we're aiming to grow. Our aim is to grow and encourage one another, not perfection. So please hear me. Struggling with your reading plan is not a reason to quit Wellspring. It's not a reason to quit Wellspring. Okay? Don't give up struggling. Don't give up struggling. Fight for this because this is going to give you more of God in His Word, and that's what we need. So, if you're already using a reading plan, if that's how you already spend time in the Word, keep going. Don't stop unless you want to switch it up and start again. Keep going with whatever you're using, if it's working. But we're giving you some options, and that's what's in your notebook, in the front of your notebook to choose from if you're not on a reading plan. And and we want you to start um, October 1st, which is really soon. But you have a you have one there that says uh, 52 week by like genre, and you go through the whole Bible in a year, and each day, you know, like Sunday you're in the epistles, Monday you're in the law, Tuesday you're in history, Wednesday Psalms, Thursday poetry, Friday prophecy, Saturday you're in the Gospels. Um, and some days you read a few chapters, and others you're reading six or seven, um, especially in the prophets and history. So you need to, you know, be aware of, of that schedule because it takes. A little bit of flexibility of your time. And then you see um, a plan there called McShane's Bible Reading Plan. And a lot of people use this. That's the one I'm on this year. And um, there's four different parts of Scripture every day. You read through the Bible in a year. You read the Psalms and Proverbs twice. You read the New Testament twice. And you read four chapters a day. Um, And every day you're you're always in the Old Testament and New Testament. And there's a chronological, and that's arranged in the order that it happened. And that starts, that calendar and that Bible reading plan starts in October. Or you can buy a chronological Bible. I've used that before. Um, There's an Old and New Testament that almost every day you're in the Old and New Testament. You go through the Bible in a year. So pick one. Pick one you like Um, if you need to cut it out then you can do that and stick it in your Bible. If you need a new one, you can download them online, and or I think we have more over here. Kendra? I just wanted to show that there's an app uh, on yes. the iPhone. Were you going to go there? Well, yeah. I, I, thank you for reminding me. But, yeah, that's what I use. Yeah, mm-hmm. and you can, it has everything except for the Old and New Testament, but you can do exchange for knowledge or, or the thematic. So if you're not going to do that, that's where you taking it off, And you can set it up to start whatever day you want. So this is called reading yeah, there's a lot of them. If you're like me, you could never read the Bible on your phone because it's just too small. But <laughs> but a lot of people do. I use, um, this is called, uh, if you have, like you could get it, I think you can get it on your computer, but it's Olive Tree. And so every day when I get up, it just pulls up my reading plan for me. And there's a place to take notes and all of that. So there's different resources to use. You're not limited to just these um, four that we have for you. But whatever it takes to get you into the Word, meeting with God daily is the point. But thank you. I'm glad you brought that up. So your first assignment for Wellspring is to pick a plan and to get started October 1st, by October 1st, you know, or keep going on the one that you're on. Or, um, you know, you might want to get a little head start and start early. You don't have to wait till October 1st, you know. You can start today or tomorrow if you want. You can get, you know, ahead because sometimes you get behind and so that might help you. Um, and we'll talk about what to do when we get behind. We, many of us may get behind. That happens. And we'll be here to encourage one another. Like that, okay, as we go. So um, you have homework. In addition to reading through the word in a year, there will be homework every time we meet um, to go with each lesson. And the assignment, you've you've got your homework today, and the assignment is due the next time we meet. And these assignments may include some application questions from the teaching, may include some questions to help us evaluate our life um, in light of the Wellspring Disciplines, There might be kind of some challenging questions. If you've been here before, you know that. There's some challenging questions um, to think. And and we want you to always think in light of how the gospel applies um, to particular areas of your life. Many times the questions are really penetrating. They may even feel uncomfortable to answer. So there are a couple of things we want to help you understand about this. Our goal with the homework is to help us apply what we're learning at a heart level. We need to take our homework seriously. We need to take the time to prayerfully consider how God might use it to help us grow. And then as we share our homework in our discussion groups, um, and we'll be talking about our discussion groups in a minute, but. As we, as we share, there's, just, there's not an expectation that we read everything word for word right off the page. That's not the expectation. Discussion, groups, uh, discussion group time is a time for us to share what we know that we need to share. It might be something from the homework, or the teaching that you just heard, or last week, or, or from the disciplines, or something from the reading plan. We might want to share something that we're really encouraged by praising God for. It might be something that we're struggling with. But here's the expectation. And, and we just... I'm weak in this. But, but we, need, we need to help one another. Um, and we are going to help one another do this. And it takes practice. But the expectation is that whatever we share, we want to try to bring it back to the gospel. To encourage one another with the hope that we have in Christ. If you're at the retreat, I was just thinking, remember Scott said we're not, you know, wherever we are, we're not where we were. we were. We were once dead, you know. And now we are new creations in Christ. So we need to keep that before us. But sharing this might kind of, or doing the homework, it might, it might kind of feel awkward. But we just need to go ahead and rehearse the gospel. And as we do that, the connections are going to come. They're going to come, and we'll help each other, and we'll get better at it. We'll get better at understanding how to, how to apply the gospel and the power. There's power in the gospel. So we're going to understand the power of the gospel for believers. So here's an example. Sarah came up with this example. and It's so helpful. So let's say I share with my group that I noticed in the Word this week how important it is to be thankful. just need to be thankful. And, and I really want to grow in thankfulness. So how does that connect with the gospel? Well, what is it? What is the gospel? The gospel is that God sent His Son to take the penalty for my sin. That I'm forgiven. And I have eternal life with Him. And I didn't deserve that. I didn't deserve it when I was saved. I don't deserve it today or ever. But God did that. God did that just because of His great love. Out of His great love for me. And that's something to be thankful for, right? That's something we can be thankful for all of the time in every. Circumstance In every circumstance. And the gospel displays God's sovereignty in his goodness. So I can thank him. He's trustworthy in every circumstance. To work for his glory. To work for my good. And he's committed to making me more like Jesus. He promises that. He reminds me that not only do I not de- deserve salvation. I don't deserve anything. All I deserve is eternity separated from him. And he showed me mercy. So, whatever my loving, merciful, powerful, gracious, holy God ordained for me today, it's better than I deserve. It's better than I deserve. In fact, it's the best thing for me because of his mercy, because of his love for me. So, I can be thankful. I can be so thankful in that. So, remembering the gospel and his implications is what reveals, um, what it reveals about God. That's what we want to do it'll fuel our thankfulness it'll help us grow in our love for god it'll help us grow in our hatred of our sin and it'll help us grow in our pursuit of holiness and obedience okay so that's how we're going to that's how we're going to apply that homework in our discussion groups and um we do ask that you turn it in to your discussion group leader and why do we do that well it's to help your discussion group leader know you better, and um, just how you're doing, and how she can encourage you, and how she can pray for you. It's really different. Like, if you're new to Grace Bible Church, this is a really different women's ministries. It's different in, in many ways. Um, I never had to turn my homework in before, Wellspring. But the men in Build, they hand their homework in. I'll be handing my homework in because I know I need to. And there's such benefit in it. You'll be encouraged when you get it back. You'll be encouraged with comments and scripture, and you know that your discussion group leader will be praying for you and will want to encourage you. And So as hard as it might be to do that, it's, it's not something to, to feel like battle that uncomfortableness in that. And if you have any concern at all about that, you can talk to Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> or me or your discussion group leader, any of us, okay? Because we love you and we want to encourage you. But the homework's not designed to be like super time consuming. Um, but it's it's more of thought consuming. We need to give it a lot of thought. Okay? So if the question is what do you do with your heart when you open the word, you don't really just think about that. Think about what do I do when I open the word and put down where you really are with that. Sometimes the homework will require you to ask other people you live with to get their insight. And that can be really, really hard. If you've been here before, right? That can be hard. But it's so beneficial. And it'll help us not to miss what we may not be seeing. You know, our hearts. We're going to learn more about our hearts and how deceptive they are. But we, we need to see. And, you know, it's just God's grace, you know, to... Um, uh, in, in whoever we're living with to show us those things and so allow him to use others so the homework matters it matters we're evaluating ourselves for the purpose of seeing what god has done and where we need to grow and where we need to change so that we can apply the gospel and in order in order to apply the truth of what christ has done for us so we can draw near to him that's what we want to do. We want to draw near to him, and we want to thank him for his grace, and we want to grow to be more like Jesus. So as long as we're talking about homework, let's go ahead and take out your homework. We're almost done. Take out your homework, and um, this is your first assignment, and this year you will see there's a place for your name. That's a change. Isn't that awesome? And... Um, it's, it, this is a little different than most of the assignments, and it's new. It's different than what it was last year, and we're so thankful for Ann and Janie. to They're taking some time and looking at the homework and kind of doing some revisions, and it's just going to be a blessing to all of us. But this is a little bit longer, so be sure you don't start this Friday night before Wellspring on Saturday. Okay? It'd be good to start it right away and just kind of work through it. Um, we, we, we want to take the opportunity to look um, with this first assignment and see what God's Word says about itself. So we'll see the importance of God's Word. You're going to look that up in Scripture. Um, <clears throat> you're going to see the value of God's Word. You're going to see the beauty of God's Word. You're going to see the power of His Word. Because understanding the treasure that we have in His Word can really help us. It can motivate us. It can... To know Him and draw near to Him. So this is very important. So before you start, it's important to go before the Lord. Ask God for help in this. Pray and ask God to increase your heart's desire to know Him and love Him through this. You know, this is not meant to be academic at all. This is not an academic assignment. So... um, Questions 1 through 3, you're going to be looking up scripture, and you're going to be observing certain things, and, and you can um, note them. And this is, this is to help you, to help you see and grow. And then the fourth, fourth question is, is a little more personal, and there's a series of questions. Okay, So when you see that, the series of questions, um, it is not an interrogation. Okay? It's like what do you do? And why? And how? And it's not an interrogation. That's not what it is at all. Okay, when uh this is just to point out that they're um or you don't have to answer every single question, but they're there to help you understand what's meant by the first question. So the first question um is reflect on discipline one and write your thoughts below. Okay? And then there's some questions to help you reflect on discipline one. It's to help you. We're all different, so we all need to reflect, you know, a little bit differently. So the questions are there to help you evaluate for yourself where you need to be with that. Um, if you've never even heard of Discipline One before, if if you've never had a daily habit of meeting with His Word or meeting God in His Word, and if you've tried in the past and if you've struggled, then it can be really helpful just to identify that, you know. If there are things about that that are a little kind of scary and there's some fear there or some apprehension, you know, if we're afraid of failure, you know, I've done this before. I am afraid I'm going to fail again. It's just good to identify that because that's an opportunity to apply the gospel to our own hearts. Look, we don't stop with fear. We don't stop when I'm afraid, okay, I'm not even going to deal with it. You know, we don't stop with fear or apprehension, but we look beyond that to our Savior. That's how we're going to play the gospel. We look beyond to our Savior who loves us, who welcomes us, who died for us so that we might be forgiven and freed from sin. We are freed from the slavery to it. We're freed from the slavery to fear. We're adopted as his beloved children. So let's talk about discussion group time. This is the third major component of Wellspring. Um, We're going to meet every time. We're going to discuss homework. Um, We're going to get to know each other, build relationships, pray for one another. Each group has a discussion group leader, and she'll lead um, the discussions, collect the homework, encourage, pray for you. But caring for one another is a group effort. It's a group effort. We all need to be reaching out to one another so that we can keep encouraging one another and persevere and grow in these disciplines. And this year we've tried to make it a little easier for you. See, your, um, see this sheet that has the discussion groups broken down? <clears throat> We've assigned you a buddy. It's the very last column. And uh, we didn't know what to call it, so, you know, you have a buddy now. And... Um, if you think of a better name, we're, like, totally open. <laughs> so, but we just want, to, like, that may be cheesy, I don't know. But we don't want cheesy either, I don't know. But um, this buddy that you have, you may or may not know her, okay? But we hope that you'll get to know each other. Through the year, you can call and encourage one another. We want you to do that. We want you to check in, you know, with one another. And today you're going to meet your discussion group leaders here in just a little bit. And so exchange information with your buddy. But this is the way that the body is going to care for the body. And sometimes we just assume, you know, well, I'm sure the, I'm sure she's caring for her, so I'm not going to reach out to her. Well, this way we all just kind of know that we're re- we have someone that's reaching out. So I encourage you, try to contact your buddy before we meet again you know, and encourage her. And So the components of Wellspring are, we're together, and um, we're going to have teaching from God's Word and talk about the disciplines. Then we're going to have discussion groups on your own. You're going to have an assignment that is reading through the Bible in a year, and you need to start that by October 1st. And then you'll have other homework assignments and to pray and encourage one another. So one other option, very quickly, is um, this book called Counsel from the Cross. And you know what? You may have this because the um, cover's changed, but my cover looks totally different than this. But this is just this is a supplement. If if you've taken Wellspring for the last couple of years and you want to supplement with this, this is an awesome book and helping us learn more about how to shepherd our hearts with the gospel, how to preach the gospel to our emotions. How to, how to apply the gospel to all of our life. And, um, you know, it has a, a section in there on um, what psychology would tell us about how to deal with our life that is just really, really helpful. So Sarah said you can, instead of book of the month, you could consider it a book of the year. And she broke it down that you can finish this by May if you read one page a day. Or if you read six pages a week. Or one chapter a month. If you know me, you know I would not be doing that kind of math. But she did. So, remember, this is not a requirement. Just, you know, we encourage you to read it if you can still be faithful and discipline one and meeting with God and his word and doing the homework. Oh, and it is. It's for sale here. Maggie has some, and they're $11. Right, Maggie? So, on your way out, you can grab one if you would like, and they'll also be at church, right? So, Maggie... The book table has some as well. This is a great resource. I love this book. Um, Hope you're excited about this year. We pray that your hearts are ready to be challenged. It's our prayer that as we shepherd our hearts with his word to get to the God of the word that we'll make much of our Savior. And that our lives will display the work of his gospel in our lives. So let's pray and then we're going to break into discussion groups for eight minutes. Father, we praise you and we thank you for saving us. Thank you that you save sinners, and we get you. Thank you for each and every woman here and and who uh, what they represent. But thank you for the the dads that are home with kids, the um, sacrifice of that the women are making of being here and the commitment. And Lord, we need your help. We need your grace to see this through. Lord, we need your grace for us to grow in godliness. And we pray that we would be women who love one another well and encourage one another well with your word and the hope we have in you. So, um, God, we, we, we praise you, and may you get glory and honor for this year of Wellspring. And it's in your son's name we pray. Amen.